This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Word of God. Say, the, the Bible. So many Christians talk about the fact that they find it a bit hard to concentrate to study the Bible. Studying the Word, listening to the Word, meditating on the Word will look like a tedious job for you until you realize that the Word of God is the food of your spirit. Nobody complains about being tasked to eat. Does that happen? As I'm looking at this pizza, and I don't know, I'm just, it's hard to eat. No. You are happy when it's time to eat. Anytime you are hungry, you feel like there's time, this is time to eat something. When you get to a point when you realize that the word of God is food for your spirit, man, then Bible study becomes a delight. Because you must be fed to grow. Hallelujah. And there's no end to this journey. We are moving. Praise the Lord. The more you grow, the more um, your life radiates the glory of the one that is within you. And it will show in how you speak. And how you respond to situations around you. Yeah. The more loaded you are of God, it will show in how you respond to situations and how you talk about things. It will affect your opinion on any matter. You are going to speak God, not culture. So the Bible says that in Galatians 5.23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness, meekness, temperance. And the Bible says against God, there is no law. When you walk with God, the more of the fruit of the Spirit that you see manifesting in your life, you become more compassionate. You become very kind. You become very patient. Hallelujah. Because the sincere truth is, you will not fully walk in what the Lord has called you to walk in, in this your present state. So the Spirit of God works on you to develop you more and more to become more like Jesus or to reflect more the glory of Jesus or the glory of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So there are lessons and there are adjustments that the Spirit of God will do. The more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more you let the Word of God uh, move into your life, the more your soul will be trained to align with the things of the spirits. So you become a spirit root man or woman. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to share something with us briefly. Because when this is understood, there will be peace in our homes. You know, I've discovered that some people don't trust anybody. Even though they come to church, they don't trust anybody. When you don't trust anybody, you are going to get into trouble. Amen. Amen. So at times, husband and wife will sit before you talking to you. And you tell them that, I don't know you, I don't know you. But from the perspective of the word of God, and I say, man, who has the spirit of God? 
What I'm saying, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. He cannot accept. Or she cannot accept. Then you begin to wonder, so in the first place, why are you here? And then they go back and the fight continues. Because somebody will not receive. You just believe that, no, since the person is not judging your way, something is wrong with the judgment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to read something tonight. Let's read 1 John chapter 1. 1 John 1. Hallelujah. The reason why we come to church is to be transformed. Is to look. We receive the word. And it changes us. The one that used to be fearless is now very bold. The one that used to be timid is now full of confidence. Then we replace dirty habits with virtues. Then anger will go. Then it's replaced with love. Because the spirit, you allow your spirit to grow and take over your soul. Then you don't say what you want to say anymore. You say what you should say. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, <laughs> I want to read 1 John 1. Let's read something from 1 John chapter 1. Um, that, which, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declared we unto you that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Say amen. amen. When we cross to the other side next month, no matter who is speaking, don't be quiet. So say amen again. Amen. Hallelujah. When the church is full of life, it's wonderful. I believe angels are more active. Praise the Lord. But when everybody is just looking, one day I will ask you to preach, and you know that it's not very easy when people are just looking. And Isaiah moved, and Jeremiah did it, and you know, Romans chapter 4, and I went, eh, Romans 4. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So do you love the word of God? So shout a living amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, I hope you will stop. You will start dropping, 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 dropping. And then <laughs> praise the Lord. So look at what John said. And this is very profound. He said, that which we have heard. Go back to verse 1. That which, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes. We have looked upon, our hands have handled. Wow. We heard it. We saw it. Then we handled it. Three dimensions. We heard it. We saw it. How many of things, how many of the things that you have heard that God can do, have you seen him do? And how many have happened? How many of them have happened through your hands? 
So John said, we had it. It's at that third level, when you handle it, that you can bring others into what you know. And that as you speak, as you minister, as you counsel, as you talk to people, this thing at that third level gets, it becomes something that is contagious. It moves from you to them. He said that now we are bringing you into a fellowship that we already have with the Father. Because we are moved from the level of hearing to seeing, and after seeing, we are handling. I want to call your attention to something. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 16. Ephesians 3, 16. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That he will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's something. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith and you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, uh, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height and to know the love of God. Go on. Next verse. And to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Stop. This is where I'm going. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And to be, how do you know something that is beyond knowledge? But Paul is saying something very deep here. He said to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. To have the knowledge of the love of God, and that knowledge that you have surpasses knowledge. So if you use Hebrew Greek Bible, it's actually saying that this first word there, so know, that know is the word genosco. The second word, knowledge, is gnosis or epignosis. So Paul said that you might genosco the love of Christ that surpasses epignosis. So there are different types when it comes to knowledge. Now, there are different levels of knowing things, of having a knowledge of something. So the knowledge that a Christian possesses can be gnosis, a kind of scientific knowledge or general knowledge, knowing something. Or it can be a revelation, something gnosko, a, a kind of deeper awareness of something. But that's not the deepest. I want to show you something again. John chapter 6 verse 6. Are you following me? Remember where we are coming from. That which we have seen. Which we have heard. No, we have heard. We have seen. And we have handled. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we'll begin to see what we have heard. And we'll begin to undo what we have seen. Look at, the Bible says, you know, let's start from verse 4. Praise the Lord. There will be many signs and wonders coming from your life. And then you yourself will become a wonder. Remember, Badai 124, Savior shall come from Zion. What we qualify them to be saviors. No, they've known about Jesus Christ. Jesus is not the only Savior. Our Lord is not selfish. When he conquered, he said, you are more than conqueror. So now, he is the ultimate Savior. But he's producing other Saviors. The Bible says, Saviors. Deliverers shall come from Mount Zion. And they are seated there tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, the Bible said that the Passover was near. Verse 5. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw great company that came to him, or that come to him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this may eat? 
Next verse. This is said to prove him for himself knew what he would do. Amen. Amen. So I said, Jesus was taunting Philip. When he saw the multitude, he said, boy, come on. I see this crowd. <laughs> Where do we get bread to give all of them? And the Bible says he was just playing with Stephen because, Philip because himself knew. This word knew there is idol. Another word for knowledge. And this is another level. When you hear something like Paul say that, and we know. We know that all things work together. And we know. When he said, I know whom I have believed. That should be for Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 or so. I know whom I have believed. And I am fully persuaded that he's able to keep all that I've committed to his hand against that day. This is a level where it's for those who have handled it. It has become something, you know, honestly speaking, at first level, knowledge. At second level, it's a revelation. But there is something beyond. When revelation graduates to a knowing that has settled in you, then it becomes a mindset. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. So something, when the crowd appeared, it never occurred to Jesus that, Kai, we need bread though. The Bible says immediately he needed himself. He just understood that if I ask them to sit down in 50s, I will multiply this bread. Can a Christian get to a point? You know, I, I saw one, 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 one man of God was uh, announcing a program that was to take place. And he said, the blind will see, the lame will walk. And that pastor came out, are you God? How do you know the blind will see? And I look at the other pastor, oh, oh my shame. He couldn't undo the revelation of the first one. There is a way that after praying, there is a certainty in your spirit of what God will do. So he was not making, and when the crusade took place, the blind saw, the lame walk. But the problem of the other person was, he just, are you God? When people say, are you God? They, they, they think it's a very spiritual something. When the apostle responds according to the word of God, people will always say, are you, are you God? Are you God? You know, they said that to Jesus also. Hallelujah. We know. This knowing is a dimension that saints must get to for greater many things to start happening. That was what prepared Peter and James and Peter and Peter and John at the beautiful gates. Can you imagine the audacity? And it will always you will always have this audacity, which is built on solid, unshaken faith in what God will do through you per time. So there's no fear. They saw a crippled man at the gates of Samaria, at the, at the beautiful gate. And Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have. Such as that's a bogus statement. If religious people were around, they would ask, are you now claiming that you own healing power? Yes. That was what I was claiming. Because he says, such as I have. He didn't even say such as I will ask God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yes, Peter, <laughs> something must have happened to Peter that he has, he heard it from Jesus. He saw it in Jesus. When they were sent out two by two, Luke chapter 10, he demonstrated a bit, a bit of it. At a point, it became something he could handle. So, that is when the things of the Spirit, they move from theory to practical. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 
Are you following me? Yes, so many people in Old Testament never saw angel once. But there was a man, Elijah. <laughs> Elijah. He wanted to climb mountain and he was sleeping and an angel tapped him. And there was cake and water. Oh! I've eaten angels food before. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> One day, Ambassador uh, was talking and he sang a song. And he said, honestly, I didn't hear that song from anywhere. I was on my bed and an angel stood and started singing that song. My friend Pastor had told me the same thing many times. You know, but, you know that's strange to some people. Hey, he sang and you heard. <laughs> so the angel tablets, and Elijah did not shake at the presence of the angel. The guy woke up and he took the cake. And he ate. And he slept again. And the angel tapped him again and said, eat one more time. Otherwise, the journey will be too great for you. And the Bible says, he went in the strength of that food. 40 days and 40 nights. If you want to fast 40 days without eating, you better eat angel's bread first. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. What, what, see, uh, Oreb is not like a small rock that you can climb. It was a scary mountain. So massive, so big. And for one man to be on that mountain, probably possibly so wild beasts and snakes. But Elijah had the audacity to go and climb it. And as he was preparing to climb, he was resting. An angel appeared. And he said, take water and eat cake. Wow. So when food finishes in your house, angels can supply. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Yes, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Because you hate big churches, you make points, and you make points contrary to the word of God. Everything about the Bible is miraculous. If you remove the miracle from Christianity, then it becomes another religion like all the ones we have around. So Jesus multiplied bread. Didn't he do it? So if bread can multiply, bread can also disappear. Simple. Are you with me? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said they poured water in his tank and it became petrol. I do have a problem with unbelievers not believing. But for somebody to claim to be a believer and to find that difficult, then he should, he should also deny the fact that Jesus turned water to wine. Because if they put water in a, in a place and somebody said go fetch and it turned to wine, if you cannot believe that water can turn to petrol, then you should also not, you shouldn't believe also that water can turn to wine. It's the same thing. Are you with me? Because many Christians don't know the Bible, so they feel a man has come to liberate them. Part of it, the painful thing is that there are many Christians, really, who don't study the Bible, and several churches have not helped at times. People know the doctrines of their churches, but they don't know the word of God. So many people have been in a place where they say, Amen, Amen, Amen. A few of us that when we were UI, that we started sitting down with the world to read. When he started talking, we were able to just, immediately we just, now these are errors. This is error. But you see, many people don't know. So I also understand that some people have been oppressed. They've been told to do things in the church without biblical justification for what they are doing. So I now feel that a savior has arrived. But mind who you call your savior. <laughs> are you with me? Is somebody with me? Praise the Lord. So did you get what I've just said now? So if you, if you cannot believe, then you shouldn't believe any other miracle recorded in the Bible. Then you should not be a Christian. Then we understand that, okay, 
Atheists have attacked things of the Bible, and I understand them. They are not Christian. The Bible says that spiritual things, they are foolishness to a carnal man. So we can understand if you are not a Christian, and you are like, how can Jesus multiply? But I understand. But to say you are a Bible teacher, and that somebody said one day God multiplied, and you, have, you find it difficult to believe, then please disbelieve what Jesus said also, because Jesus did not multiply bread as well. Glory to God. Because Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do, and greater works. That's the truth. So he should hold Jesus responsible. Amen. Amen. So Peter said, silver and gold. He says, such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up. The guy didn't stand up there. Peter pulled him. What gives people this kind of audacity? This boldness is at the third level. I do. A time that you get to know that you know. And maybe next week we are going to explain what gets a saint there. This is the reason why some people pray and they cancel plan B. Some people pray, but they see a plan B because they are not sure that the prayer will be answered. And I've told you, if you keep praying and you are not receiving answers, after a while you will look, lose confidence in prayer. You will. Praise the Lord. So that which we have seen, which we have heard, level one, right? Which we have seen, which we have handled. Amen. So Paul said, to know, to genosco, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. There is another knowing that is beyond common knowledge. And then there is the third knowing. Right? There is another knowing that brings theory into practical. You are so bold about the things of God. What made Elijah or Elisha, the axe head fell and he said, cut a tree and throw it on it and the thing came up. What gives people this kind of... I was listening to somebody not too long ago, and he was talking about this man of God. He was in one hotel, and it was burning down. Everybody in the UK, everybody was rushing out. Very early in the morning, people came out with their pajamas. This man actually took his time in the hotel to dress up, to wear tie, to wear suit, to dress up very well. So all these guys were outside waiting. Is he, is he traveling? Is he outside? And they just saw, as the five people were approaching, they saw a guy coming out in suit, tie, <laughs> and then what he said shocked them. He said, I belong to the king of kings. People like us oh, don't run out. We take our time to come out. Remember the day I told you? I just finished serving. I prayed about a certain amount and I said, you see, I got this money. And there was no evidence. So I said, today I received the money. By 10 30, we we're going to sleep. All of them wanted to take Gary. I said, I'm not taking Gary. I received the money. Then, when I was lying down to sleep, once it was 12, the devil has a voice. So, where is the money? I kept checking my phone. No alert, nothing. And by the following day, a lawyer that we served together in NPC called me. Said they paid me my first salary. And remember, you used to speak the word of God to me. She was in Abuja. She said, I sent the money to you yesterday. Did you get it? This is why in walking with the Lord, don't look at sights. We walk by faith, not by sight. Because if you look at external stuff, Satan will get you. 
Our concentration is to be on the word of God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Once you are considering other things, the enemy will get you. Some of the things that we are sharing, we need it in this present day Nigeria. I've said it before. If the saints of God, which we solidly believe in, that it is absurd for a Christian to share money and steal with people. It is wrong for a Christian to get to office 8 o'clock and sign in 7.15. Those are not excellent virtues found in a Christian. And listen to me very well. If you are here and you still lie, you have a big problem. Lying means that you don't know who you are. Who are you afraid of that you are afraid of telling the truth? I say this under God. There is no mortal man anywhere that I will shiver before and tell a lie. That is why I don't do what I should not do so that there is no point. Defending what you should not defend. Live your life in such a way that as you are in the secret, so you are in the open. So the, you are not afraid of what anybody can say or write about because your life is plain. Let your mutter be what that guy said. I write my life on the cloud. Let the whole world see it and we have nothing to be ashamed of. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. But you see, we live in a time where, even as I've said it now, there are people, maybe not here, those who are listening to me, some people or some people somewhere, we find it very hard to believe that it is possible not to tell a lie. People, things like that they are called hardness of hearts. When you hear the word of God, your heart bounces it back. It's not true. It's not true. And why you are saying so is because you, you have struggled. You cannot overcome. Because you have not learned the truth. So now you say that it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Amen. One day, when, when, I was, when I was working in the we were going to start bus one day, and the guy said that, in this present Nigeria, there's nobody that does not cheat. I got up and I said, excuse me, I, 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 I'm not like that. One day in my office also, one girl said, how can somebody say pass through a whole university and then no sex, no nothing, that you did not? And I said, I am telling you. You know, when people have done something wrong, they want to make you like all of us. You come back from school, you see, we all failed the exam. So that you want to make it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I told you, I said, find out any girl anywhere. I said, I can show you the pictures of all my friends so you can go ask them questions. Not everybody's like, some of us are disciplined. I got born again early in life and God helped me. You, you see opposite sex as a sister, not a tool to use. And if you allow the spirit of God to do the work in your heart. with me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The beginning is to understand that whatever the Bible says is possible, is possible. I see greatness in you people. Amen. I see mighty things happening in your life. Amen. I see Jesus manifesting himself more than ever before in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He will lift you. Amen. Greater grace. You also get to a point where you can undo the things of the Spirit. You are handling it. So the things of God are no more theories to you. They become practical. Say amen. amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you are a partaker of divine nature. The Spirit is moving through you. God is speaking through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Um, on Sunday, the last Sunday of the month, the last Sunday of the month, I, I will announce this Sunday whether we are doing that. If the last Sunday of the month, I'm going to ask singles to come for first service and 
married people to come for second service because it's like, you know, I've been talking about Christian home. It's like the last Sunday of the month. I might go very deep into some very serious stuff. Just as I've, I've addressed the issue of in-laws and the rest, we are going to get to the issue of money, husband and wife, and then the last one is to get to the issue of sex. And that is very deep. Because among Christian couples, there are women complaining of not being satisfied sexually. And there are Christian men saying that their wife, she doesn't like sex and all these things. So, if I will, when I finish preaching that day, I will just go out. Because many of you will think I'm not saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, I receive questions. And sometimes you weep. The Bible says weep with those who weep. Sometimes when you listen to people, compassion will come from your heart towards people. What I told you on Sunday, anytime I preach on marriage, by where is it? I'm already receiving messages on social media from people. And because of this, this stuff, and I told you on Sunday, and I stand by that to all the young ladies that are here, listen to me very well, marry a man, not a boy. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother. And now you will know a man is that he will leave his father and his mother. A man that wants to marry you and wants to take you back to his mom's house, it's not a man, it's a boy. But living does not mean a man hates his parents. No, you still, you still reach out to them. You are blessed that they visit you. But what we are saying is that, are you man enough to be independent? Not that your sisters and your, your mom and everybody are controlling your home, controlling your wife, controlling everything. And what I said about this is very important. And I, I want ladies also that when you grow up and you become a mother, so I hope you will not start competing with your son's, son's wife. Because people find it difficult to hand over that beating. Here is a mother, only, the only one raising the kids from when they were small. It's true. And we thank God for what you did, your labor and your rest. But you see, the moment you, if you don't, if you want to hold on to that, that boy, don't hand him over to another woman. But the day on the altar that you allow another woman to take him, you must play a lesser role this time around. Move back. He has a wife now. But then to still go to his house, his kitchen, control everything, and, and that's where most problems. Many of the people I've spoken to, between the guy and his wife, no problem at all. They genuinely love one another. It's always in-laws creating problems. Some ladies, any small thing that happens to you and your husband, you are calling your parents to tell. Say, when you make up, the opinion they have about your husband will never change. The only exception to that, I said that, but if your husband is bashing you, that one tell you, report very well. You do not cover some things. He, finish, he finishes palm punching you and he's saying that you see every family has something they are dealing with. Yes, every family has, but not punching, not beating. Do not stay around somebody beating you. Save your life by separating. I will endure such. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. See, sometimes you think some people, because somebody is a six-pack or nine-pack, how many packs? <laughs> because he's broad-chested. That doesn't make him a man. Mommy said that it's now Sue Lady we should live in. I know, I'm going to Sue Lady. That won't be man. He talked with his wife in the night. We are buying, uh, we are buying Camry. Tomorrow, he says, uh, Mommy said Camry is not good. We should buy under. That guy should be giving a knock on his head. That's, that's a small boy. A boy talking. I've, I've told people. Sometimes, it is, in some cases, it is better for your relatives not to live with you. You will protect your marriage more. Why must you get to a point where there's a fight between your younger brother and your wife? Whatever you can protect. 
so that there will be unity and love. Sometimes it is, see, closeness at times, we will see all these things now, they bring problems at times. And if anybody wants to stay with you, if you want to stay with me, you'll stay. I don't mind you disrespecting me, but I will fight if you disrespect my wife. I have never been against anybody. I've been, no, all my life, people have always stayed with me. At the time, we're now in the house. Now, maybe we are six or seven. Since I got married, the day they joined us together till today. Before I got married, I already had 11 people living with me. So she inherited six out of 11 or so. So all my life, I've never stayed alone. We have never slept in our house alone together. When I was in school, see, this is why, when I get to talk to you, what, what do you call love? Part of love is to make tough decisions. Sometimes I will love you so much that I have to walk away from you so that I will not hurt you in the future. I, I was dating a lady when I was in UI. We, we were fasting and praying together every Monday. We dedicated three years into fasting and prayer, praying about the future. Everybody in school got to know us, all the Christians. We'll be under the tree, alumni center, UI, opposite Queen's Hall. We'll sit down under the tree there. We'll pray for two hours in tongues every Monday night after fasting. One day we were talking and she mentioned, I said, when we are married, I don't want anybody, I just me and my husband. I said, well, I don't plan, I'm actually the last boy, so I don't plan that any relative will stay with us. But some of my friends might come to Lagos, they need a job, and they don't want to pass a night. And she said, no. I did not hate her for it, but I understood that. See, she's a private person. Love made us to separate. It was painful. Three years of prayer investment. <laughs> but you know what? We are still friends now. She was a special assistant to governor's wife. If I needed anything in government, or she would have done it for me. We are still friends. She still called me last. We are still friends. We under so what, what do you call love? Romance. Love will make you make a tough decision. So I told all the ladies, when you fall in love with a guy, follow that's part one, one side of the coin. Go to his house and look at his relatives. Do you love them? If you don't, you are not going to separate him from them. The, the burden can create a problem between the two of you. Except you like whatever happens, your sister comes here, your mom, whatever they do, I love you, I love them. Fine, wonderful. But you cannot try to scratch him out and start complaining. So you should check all those. That's very important. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Imagine if she was staying with me now and I had seven people, six people living with me. They would think she's a bad person because she would be complaining. But she's not bad. She's not just used to that kind of thing. So sometimes, compatibility will make you find out what does the person love and can I really accommodate this? Which is very important. So that you don't find yourself crying for a play afterward. Amen. Hallelujah. Forever some guys are attached to their mom. It's okay to love your mom. I love my mom so much and we are very close. Some guys are attached to their mom. So attached that the mom talks about every now and then she will call. Your son is not feeling fine. You have not even told your wife. You are telling your mom. And mom says that, take her to a shepherd hospital. Your wife says that, no, let's go to Go to hospital. <laughs> and there's a problem. Mommy said, no, shepherd. Hallelujah. I have witnessed the havoc this has caused in many homes. And it grieves me. People that you will be there, many of the people when I was in school that went to eat rice at their wedding, only for you to hear, you see them five years after. Real marriage should make you, if you marry rightly, you'll be richer, you'll be healthier, and you'll be finer. Whether you are a Catholic, God, uh, Baptist, 
redeem whatever. I have honor and respect for all churches. I just want to be sure that are you living the right life? Are you following the Bible? And the guy was going to a particular church and I asked him, oh, do you like the church? He said, no. I am there because my father will not allow me to go to any other. And he was talking marriage. Your father is still telling you where to go where and where not to go. And I said to myself, this will not change after marriage. And the guy was above 30. Somebody above 30. The father is still. He has a, he, he, he had a good job. If you, you are renting an apartment, you are living by yourself in a three-bedroom flat, and where you go on Sunday, your father somewhere is still telling you where to go. No. You see, a father raises a son very well till age 18. They teach you how to make decisions in life. When you are 18, even federal law, anywhere in the world understands this. That's why they tell you under federal law, it's not even a Christian thing. That when you are 18, you are independent. All the lessons should have been learned. Your father can still continue to mentor. Can Daddy, what do you think I should do about this? Occasionally, you can ask them for advice on things. But I want to teach my son, between now and age 18, how to be a man. And then I want to watch him use what I have taught him. Not every now and then he's 25, he's 27. And I'm still the one telling him where to live and where not to live. I'm still the one telling him whether black woman or white is better. I'm still the one telling him, don't marry a fat woman, marry a lame woman. I'm still the one telling him, oh God, then I did not do a good job raising him. When I talk like this, he pays pain, he put on culture. Because culture contradicts what I've just said. But you know, I've always said, I put a disclaimer on all my messages. If you are not a Christian, I'm not talking to you. But if the Bible is authority in your life, then show me from the Bible that I'm wrong. Because I'm telling you the Bible. One day somebody was talking and the guy that was arguing with the pastor talking this way happened to be a twin. What shot him out? The pastor told him, I see, under culture that you are defending, as a twin, they would have killed you in Calabar. <laughs> if Mary Lesser did not intervene, culture demanded that people should be killed. And this one was, he was defending culture. That's absurd. All because people don't want to change. Some people love to dominate a woman. And now you are not yet married. He's already bossing you around. Whatever they do in the house, you go there to cook. You are the cook of the year without any award. The younger side is doing a ceremony. You go and cook. This is what you do. You go and cook. I did not collect money from anybody to marry my wife. I do not see any reason. I protect my wife. I don't see any why a relative is doing something and she will now go and be cooking for them. Don't they have money to hire cooks? She can follow me there if she wants to go. She's not going. I don't force her. And I told you that on Sunday. That is what I stand by. I am the member of the family. When you are doing party in my family, I'm the one who shows up. I am the member of the family. Where is your wife? It's none of your business. If I bring her, fine. And if I don't bring her, I don't bring her. We did not marry her together. I was growing up. My friend's mom, she was like a judge. A justice. And we went for their, their hometown. Went to their hometown. Young girls sat like this. Because they were from the family. Because she was the one that married a judge. And she was the one putting wood in fire. I was about nine years old. Anger was warming up in me. Now, is this what you call culture? Young girl sat down crossing leg. Because somebody married to your family. She's cooking for everybody and you were there. All of them sitting down there. I told myself, this will never happen to my wife. How many men of culture are here? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, last Sunday, I want to stop here. We are going to discuss, we talk about this. Christians, because we forbid sex before marriage. That doesn't mean we should not know things. And when I talk to single, I'm not talking. That doesn't mean we should not know what we should know. What we should know. Uh, 
In your bedroom, as a Christian man, you should be a pro. Don't look at me as a devil. I'm telling you the truth. One day we'll read songs of Solomon. As a copper, when I was about to leave NYC, I bought him his book. I read books on sex. Because I, will, I was not going to use any reason to disobey the word of God. I opposed forever. No sex until marriage. I did not kiss my wife until we got married. The first kiss was on the altar in fountain when we got married. That's the truth. So, there's no big deal. Now, I don't condemn those who have. I'm just saying that if you are listening to me, make adjustments and begin to work with the, with the Lord. Some of us got married, you were not born again. Some of you were born again, but you did not have the kind of knowledge you have right now. The Bible said that God has overlooked the time of ignorance. So you are not condemned, nothing. Just make sure that from where you are now, take a decision to start working with the Lord. It is true. If a guy tells you, young lady, I ought to sleep with you before, tell him that there's no problem. I will give my body to you. When you obtain the license, that qualifies you. Now if you drive in Lagos without license, they will catch you. So the same thing. Obtain license. Before you drive the woman in your bedroom, obtain license. It's just medicine. If you truly love her, go get the license. Say, you know what? I love you so much, I will get the license. And then we will also go get the license. Hallelujah. Are you in somebody with me? Praise the Lord. Let the unbelieving world respect a Christian man. Let them respect a Christian woman. Let them see the excellent spirit we possess. That we are not ruled by our emotion. That we are patient, we are love. We, we walk in love. We walk in love. Let them see that we live by a different set of rules. Let them see this. Hallelujah. I pray for all of you, if you genuinely have reason to travel abroad to study, not to run away, not to go on visiting visa and not come back, how can you join them as a Christian to marry a white woman to obtain paper? See, don't worship money. Don't worship money. Don't worship money. If I know that's what you do as a Christian, I'm one of the few pastors, I will call, make sure I will tell you that never send a call to this church. That you are in America doesn't make us respect you. I've been there times without number. So that doesn't call for anything. So because you are going to send dollars, you heard that we are doing something in church and no. To hold your money, my, I will tell you the, the truth. If I come to your house in America and I saw that you are doing a rangy wedding, that's the end of our relationship. That means I have taught you for years here, you did not let the world enter your head. You are allowing the system of this world to catch you. We are not of this world. God will bless you mightily without doing wrong stuff. Watch it in Nigeria, saying to rise. They have not seen anything. Amen. Some people, you see, they will get angry and almost, and they have not seen anything. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you help us to be doers of the word in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.